begin transmission. Hello, everybody. This is episode 108 of the Outer Rim Transmission Podcast. We're coming to you on a Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're trying out a different time on the podcast going live. You can also check us out after the fact on the docket for tonight. We're catching up with all of the latest Star Wars news that's been trickling out, um, but we will be going also a lot into the closing of Galactic Star Cruiser as well as what our ideas would be to make a great Star Wars hotel in the future. So I'm joined by the full crew. We got Milton, who's uh, temporarily unavailable, who will be back. But we're also joined. Oh, there he is. And we're also joined by Ben. How's it going? I will start. We'll start off with Milton first. How's it going, man? How, it's been a couple weeks. I know we've been missing each other here, here and there. Uh, I mean, look, I, good man. Overall, you know, life gets in a way, you know, as we have going on all the time but it's good to be back um can't wait to talk some star wars i'm sure the topic that we're going to discuss tonight is going to bring a lot of great discussion because we pretty much called it because it's because it's ridiculous but um yeah i'm excited to talk about it i'm excited to talk about where star wars is, is looking and going to go in the future so yeah i'm ready to get into it Heck yeah, there's been a lot going on, but also not so much. But the things that have been going on have been pretty earth-shaking and rattling for, for Star Wars. But anyway, how's it going, Ben? Good, good. Uh, had a really good weekend for Memorial Day weekend. Had a nice little uh, birthday party cookout, which was always good. You know, always great having cookout food and ice cream cake, one of my favorite things. So um, it was a good time today. And then, you know, what a what a good way to wrap up the weekend by talking about Star Wars. Oh, heck yeah. It's Memorial Day weekend here in the States, so it's a big party weekend. It's kind of the unofficial start of the summer, at least on East Coast here where I am. Uh, it's it's actually very nice weather. Uh, it's usually rainy and windy and not so warm, but we actually lucked out this year. Um, I've been getting a lot of memories. Um, a lot of memories coming up in Facebook about Star Wars Celebration 2022 over there in Anaheim. It's been one year. I was over there last, last year, and... Um, Man, man, so so many, so many fun times, so many fun memories. Um, I have videos on the YouTube channel if you guys want to go uh, live vicariously through my adventures over there in California. I'm gonna definitely try to get out there again, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking about earlier in the week. Um, have you guys had any notable Star Wars uh, run-ins or anything to note in the last couple of weeks? Um, oh man, I'm trying to think right now. I don't. I mean, except for the times where I text you guys about the games that I bought most recently. Um, I haven't watched any of the movies these past couple weeks. Again, I've kind of been getting away from Star Wars. And that's just, like I said, not on purpose. Just with stuff that's in a way. I haven't really had that one big Star Wars moment. I mean, it's always on my mind because it's part of my life. And, like, my brother and I, when we do get together, we talk about it. But um, I haven't played any games, haven't read any books. I mean, it's very rare that I don't have Star Wars in my life. Like directly, yeah, and and I, you know, I fooled Ben a little bit. I think this week because I was at my local gaming shop, and and there's a video store. I know it's crazy to think there's there's for the for the young kids out there. Like, What's a video store? Yeah, there's still a video store that exists in Hamilton uh, slash Yardville, uh, Central New Jersey over here. It's called Video Express, and it used to be a rental store. And well, now they basically ninety percent of that store is like just every video game ever released. I mean, it's like, Milton, you would actually love it here because I, I've sent you a couple of pictures of like, I, I kid you not, I went to pick 
a game without even looking from an entire like several shelves of PlayStation 1 games. I just like, oh look a PlayStation game. I pulled out to Republic Commando. I'm like, yeah, I would pull like this thing randomly out of a stack of thousands of games. And then I continued to look around and I seen Shadows of the Empire in 64. I seen, uh, what is it, uh, like some random like Darth Vader controller for a PC, I guess, because it doesn't even look like oh. PlayStation. Like, there's crazy stuff I was finding in that store. Oh, yeah, that Darth Vader controller. Um, all right, so a cool story about that one, actually. I'm pretty sure that's the one, Chris. You might have to test it out, but that's the one I think I remember from Revenge of the Sith that came out that has the built-in games in it. Like, it has... there. If, oh. if that's not the one... If that's not the one, I'm pretty sure it is because I showed my cousin the picture today because I was like, dude, look at this. This is what we had when we were younger. And you plug it in and it has like the um, the opening attack sequence in space. It has Anakin versus um, Count Dooku, I think, as um, Grievous versus Kenobi. And, you know, it's like that old fashioned like 90s type of graphics, you know, moving left and right type deal, battling and stuff. But I am pretty sure that's the one with the built in games if you plug it in. I, yeah, I had no freaking clue, but I, I didn't even know that oh. exists. I didn't even know that exists. So yep. that is, uh, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But, oh, yeah. Like when when you sent us those pictures this week, I, I did. I had to do a double take because I was like, oh, man, wait. Because at first I was like, did Milton find something? And then I looked and it was like, oh, Chris sent the pictures. I was like, dang, because normally I'm used to like Milton sending all these like retro pictures. So that was cool um, seeing you getting out and finding some old retro games. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I did see Revenge of the Sith. I seen that was there, and I said, oh my gosh, why is this game not backwards compatible yet? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, like, the game's fire. I, I don't understand, like, why they don't even, like, remake it just for um, just for all the next-gen, you know, systems. I, I think, I mean, I know we'll get into gaming throughout the year, as we always do, but games like Revenge of the Sith or Obi-Wan for Xbox... Or um, oh, what's another good one? Like Battlefront 1 and 2, the oh. original. Like, mm-hmm. would think those companies like Lucasfilm or EA or Frostbite or whomever would say, oh my God, these are still the popular games that the 30-year-olds or 40-year-olds that play, that play them now were high school kids or elementary school kids played it then. Like, they would still play it now. Like, mm-hmm. they should make compatible like i would buy them like and here's here's why i know there's a market for these games especially for the games that are nostalgic for our generation there's one video game brand and ben you'll know this ea sports college football okay that game been in production for what almost 10 years because the whole licensing thing yeah next summer yeah they're bringing it back next summer Every young guy who's in their 30s or 40s is yep. going to buy that game. It's been gone for 10 years. Yep. Me and my buddies, we always talk about it. They huh. can say the game is worth is going to be 200 bucks. We're dropping the money on it because that's how much we want it. Well, I guess we're oh, buying yeah. the new system finally then. <laughs> no, no, no. I always told my boys. I said, that's the only way I'm getting a PS5. <laughs> because when that game comes out, literally for that whole week, I'm playing NCAA football because it's one, it's childhood, it's nostalgic, and it's a sport that I love. I still have the NCAA footballs for Matt for uh, PlayStation Two upstairs Damn. in my bed, and because they, they're still fired. But even with Star Wars, and you know, you got I'm looking at this market, fans of Star Wars want their old games back. 
fans of Star Wars will buy those games for hundreds of dollars if they said, oh, we're going to convert Obi-Wan to Xbox. What's the new Xbox brand? Um, Xbox X. X. Like, they will spend the money and play that game. Knights mm. of the Old Republic would have been a great example to test that out right there because they were going to remake that. Well, apparently it, they are. Now they updated well, it and they said they are now from some developer like now, a day ago. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. So, so, so just a quick, so a quick rundown on that um, Knights of the Old Republic potentially not happening thing. So basically where that came from was the person that initially said that they weren't reporting that as a report. They were saying that, see, they, they forgot to note and separate that they were doing their opinion hat versus their reporter hat, you know? So that's the old, that's the um, the little caveat with the Knights of the Old Republic story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, you, 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 the three of us here, I'm telling you right now, if, if or when they make that game, and they said, we, we tweaked it, we made it backwards compatible, it's more like, it looks like more modern day games, but it's going to feel very similar to what we know. Mm-hmm. We're all getting it. Oh, yeah. Like, like, there's no one that who's a true Star Wars fan is going to say, oh, I'm not going to touch that game. Oh, no, you're buying it. <laughs> like, yeah. Remind you of your childhood. I just hope well, it's good. Now, here's the thing, right? Well, like, you, you make a game that's a 10 out of 10 in a lot of people's books. People pride Knights of the Republic as the best RPG of all time, and it's 20 years old, and right. they're still calling it the best RPG. So, like, I'm almost afraid for them to remake the game because there's almost no possibility that that remake is going to be anywhere near as good as like the way we imagined the first game. Right. So that's why I'm trepidatious about like maybe they shouldn't even remake it because I know it can't be as good. <laughs> right. And and Chris, you make a big great point. You're not wrong. However, again, I know you. You will buy that game even though you have your concerns. You're still going to get it to say one that you day, have day one, and two you want to play it. Because, honest to God, if, if they would make Star Wars Arcade, the arcade game into mm. backwards compatible, I'm buying that game. I've always been in my life. Well, well, here's the thing, guys. Like, I'm like, from my point of view, I'm like begging Nintendo to to make all of the Star Wars games onto the Switch. Like, I'll go buy a $300 Switch right now if they put Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron... Um, the, even the yep. NES games on there from oh, Super yeah, Nintendo, yeah. like, like oh. if they do that, I'll go buy a Switch tonight. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. I'm uh, look. I will legit get because the the only games I want to get for PS5 is I was thinking Knights of the Republic, Spider Man Two, NCAA oh. Football. You gotta play Spider Man One first. Wars. Wait, did you yeah, play Spider Man One Wars. or um, yeah, Survivor? I will shell out the 500 bucks. Like, I got money. <laughs> That's never been my issue. It's just the fact that, like, I like playing my PS4. I've always been in love with it. However, I will make the sacrifice needed to get a PS5, depending <laughs> on the game that out. Because I don't really... There's not many games that I like and for the current generation of yeah, games. I, except- I, don't, I don't disagree. They, they've been kind of dropping the ball with the quality um, and the frequency of good games. Like, it's year, almost year three, and we're finally starting to get good stuff out. <laughs> Well, well, that's how it feels. It feels like every year, like the only game I'm ever interested in is Starfield. Madden or Star Wars. That's it. Oh. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I, I still got, I still have my PS3 that I just played a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I have, I have, um, Forza Unleashed One and Two. Okay, and yeah. I have like maybe twenty games for that system compared to my PS4. I only have like maybe 
10 maybe yeah my ps2 i got like 20 plus games upstairs well i was the like, heyday of the sony era yeah, yeah. My, my super nintendo is right down here and i got like 30 games on that still like because Whoa. the game there's always good games within like that that there's there's never just like that one type of game where i'm like okay i'm just gonna play this i can buy multiple types of games for the systems how dope it was now there is limited it's pickings i'm like mm-hmm. eh i'm gonna spend money on something i don't like like i don't like skyrim i don't like all that trash in my opinion but trash. They don't get- so <laughs> yeah oh, I, mean, I, feel, I feel you there like that's that's how it is with gaming a lot of times i feel like these days it's just like if it's not like because i don't know it just seems like a lot of games nowadays it's just relying on like it's all just the head-to-head like fortnite or the the halo mm. head-to-head or the call of duty head-to-head and it's like I just want a good story game or whatever. That's why, like, I enjoyed Lego. Um, I'll play Jedi Survivor eventually. I'm excited for Starfield this this September, oh, yeah. actually, my birthday. I'm super excited for that. That's oh, literally yeah. my birthday, so that's going to be, like, my birthday gift to me. But um, I'm so excited for that game just for, like, the expansiveness. But it's just, mm-hmm. like, I... I, um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm super excited to see hopefully where Star Wars goes with their gaming. Hopefully we get more backwards compatible things. Um it is and then, so well, and then, there. And Oh yeah, well I'm I'm sorry to interrupt because I'm actually like tying this into another podcast that I listen that I listen to that's nostalgic. Yeah. I'm a huge Mighty Ducks mark. I love those movies when I was a kid. And in the podcast, they were talking about like the they did that uh that stupid reboot called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That's oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney Plus. Did it just like, cut 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 off Disney Plus or something? It's trash. Like, they removed it with Willow. I think like this week. Yeah, like like I watched season one. Yeah, it was was a season two. I didn't even finish the first oh, episode. Oh my gosh! And wow. the person in the podcast talking about how. Like, the Mighty Ducks is still a very popular brand among people that are in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Because we were kids when those movies came out. And, you know, now that those characters are adults, we're adults. We all relate to them. So, when they did the new show, they didn't bring them a proper nostalgia where they connected the old fans with potential new fans. Which turned us all off. This ties into my point with Star Wars when it comes to the video games, stuff like that. Or even with the movies, but okay. mostly video games. Like, you make these games, except for Star Wars, Survivor, and Fallen Order, which has been a hit. Like, mm-hmm. like those, they've hit on those, clearly. Mm-hmm. And is, Star Wars, and I guess Disney in this nature, they forget that their fan base is still those 30, 40-some, close to 50-year-old fans who grew up with the property. Mm-hmm. Like, you that market. And I think that's going to definitely tie into our discussion later on. At least I'll have a few points on that exact well, thought. Well, here, here's the <laughs> thing the to think about, park, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, well, here's the thing to think about, too, guys. That's a good point you raised, Milton. So, like, if you think about it, the 50-year-old fans right now were our age when Phantom Menace was coming out 20-some years ago. They were, like, 29, 30. Like, they were our age. So, like, mm-hmm. why not play off that nostalgia? Because those people would have nostalgia potentially from the prequels as well and things like that so like i feel like you know that really ties in with like the video game stuff because so many of those video games in the early 2000s and then the late 90s like i loved even though even though even though the game gets like 
butchered by everybody. I still love the the just battle them out Masters of Terrascasi game. Like I love that old game, and I wish that was on like you know backwards compatible for Xbox and PlayStation and everything. Like that was a great one back in the day. Um, I still I remember. Play, um, I still play. Um, what's it? Galactic Republic. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah the Clone Wars one for play yeah. that game's so good. Hmm. What like, game? It came- in like eight, I think, and it's like it's still fire. I, I was just playing that a couple weeks ago. Wait, Galactic Battlegrounds? No, it's called uh Galactic Heroes or something. No, no, it's um Galactic Republic or Repu- Republic Heroes. Yeah, it, it's, something like that. Yeah, it's like in between in between seasons one and two of Clone Wars. Oh wait, that game for the Wii? Is it like a lightsaber yeah. game? PlayStation three and Xbox uh three sixty. Like it's fire, Chris. Like you, you would like that game. It's a duel. It's like a fighting game, like a dueling game. It's like it's like a lot. Like you, you are like actually like you're you're walking around like type stuff. Like what? it's uh, you'll have to Bob, look. I've never played the game. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> played it, Chris or Ben? Yeah. Yep. I I'm pretty sure we used to have that when we had the old um, PS2 I... back in the day and PS3. Hmm. Anyway. So, a lot of releases came out this week. A lot of releases. Some of them you guys will like because they're Legends re-releases. So, first off, we have the Legends re-releases of Republic Commando Hard Contact, Yoda Secret Rendezvous, and Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void. These are all part of the Legends Essential Trade trade Paperback Collections. Uh, have you guys read any of these stories? No, I haven't. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've read all three of those before oh. the, the, the Dawn of the Jedi one, that one, I mean, that was God years and years ago, but the, um, I would say the one I like the most out of the three is the Republic Commando hard contact one, mm-hmm. just because for me anyways, like the whole, um, you know, I was so into those Republic Commando books in general, just because, you know, that was right around the time of the game and I loved the game. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I was reading the books with the game and all that stuff. So like, I would say, you know, going off of our, you know, perfect transition from our, our nostalgia gaming, gaming piece of this podcast. But if you're going to pick up save Republic commando on like the Xbox store yeah. or get an old copy of commando, you know, I would say pick up the, the old game for 10 bucks on the mm-hmm. Xbox store and then read these books alongside it, and it just okay. makes the game that much better, in my opinion, because it just like oh. you know it just adds a little bit more, and it's just yeah, it, those books are great. Yeah, I had that for PS3. Yeah, basically the uh, Rainbow Six version of a Star Wars game. <laughs> it's like just tactical Geonosian slime getting blasted everywhere, and the Trandoshans. I remember that. Yeah, oh, I. Yeah. Uh... I don't think I've read the books. I think I have them stored like on my computer somewhere for audio. I, I know I probably do, but I'm looking at the covers right now, and those covers are hard. Like they they look good. Like these books, this actually now makes me want to go and listen to them if I have them. Yeah, yeah. Like the Dawn of the Jedi is the first book in 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 Star Wars uh, timeline. Um, Twenty five thousand years. It ties into these comic books that I have as well in the epic collection of. Uh, Tales of the Jedi or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm planning on maybe starting from the very beginning and, and working my way forward. I've, I've already read a lot of the Old Republic stuff, so that's just a couple more things left. So, yeah, that's going to get done after I finish the Witcher series, which I think I have two more books 
Uh, there's a little bit of a lull in the Star Wars books, finally, because there was quite an avalanche of stuff I've been keeping it, trying to keep on top of ever since I got out of Celebration a month ago. Um, but as far as current continuity, there's several other releases we have. We have Edge of Balance Precedent, which is a Phase 2 manga. Um, so if you're a fan of that kind of medium of storytelling, you got a Star Wars manga focused on the character of a Wookiee Jedi named Arkoff. Um, you also have the comics for this week. You have Hyperspace Stories number five, which is a story about Asaz Ventress and how she is dealing with Dooku as a pretty like aggressive teacher that is punishing her with lightning and how she's not trying to deal with that much anymore. So it's, it's, it's kind of a cool... Uh, take on a story that's meant for all ages, but it does get pretty dark for an all ages story from that's, Dark Horse. That's interesting. So they yeah. have Dooku in that punishing her with lightning and stuff. Yeah. You know what? I am pretty sure it's been a minute since I watched the second season or the first season of um, Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. I'm pretty sure Dooku does that to her in the Tartakovsky series, actually. What to uh, um... Ventress? Doesn't he zap her when they're training? I think. I don't remember if he zaps her. I know. I, remember. I know Anakin kind of does not not the lightning, but how he trains Ahsoka. It's kind of like mirroring that how he yeah. trains those of the Jedi short story where he has the troopers with the stun. Yeah, black. Yep, yep. Reminds me of that. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a very cool story. Um, there was all cool stories this week. We also had High Republic issue number ten, which completely wraps up the Battle of Jetta story that's happening in Phase 2. And something I think that you'd really enjoy, Milton. We have the Darth Vader Black, White, and Red issue number 2. Now, I know everybody out there is alongside with me when they heard another Darth Vader comic. I'm like, you know, <laughs> the sun revolves, you know, the Earth revolves around the sun and we get more Vader comics is essentially what happens these days. Um, even though there's another Vader series going on, they're like, oh, we're going to make this other Vader series and I'm just like facepalming, like, Come on, guys. Like, give me a Quinlan Voss story. Give me a story about Django Fett. No, we'll just do the 50th Darth Vader story. But this one is actually really cool. So if those of you are unaware, the Red, White, and Blood series for Marvel takes, like, very popular characters like Wolverine and I forget who else. But, like, is the uber ultra-violent, like, mature take on these characters with blood and guts and everything else. So they essentially have done that with Star Wars. Of course, they can't use blood in the title because it's Star Wars and Disney. So they just use red. But basically, it's like a no, har you know, no bars hold uh, on this whole story where, you're like, you're seeing people getting chopped in half by doors and just getting wrecked by Vader. Dang, that sounds really good. Yeah, so it's really cool because it's like, hey, what happens when people think they got Vader? Oh, they got him. They got his suit deactivated. He's like in this like thing. This guy ha has has him like, oh, oh, yeah, Vader's done. Vader's done. No, no, definitely not because now Vader's going to use the force and just like machete all these people to death and turn a chop house into a slaughterhouse essentially um and it's all that red and black and white um graphics inside the comic book so i actually quite enjoyed it because it is it is giving you like that rogue one kind of vibe where it's just like a oh, vader on a wrecking ball you know vader on a killing spree kind of thing so there there you go those are the those are the comics the stories you can see yeah you know what's funny about that, Chris? So, and that's this should have been my Star Wars from last week. Now that I think about it, speaking of comic books, because I um I don't know if you know, I do have some of the Vader Down comics or the Vader comic series oh, yeah. when they first. So um and last week at this comic book store that's in the town that I work in, I did stop over there to see if they had the uh 
like the Vader Down series, because I actually want to collect those. Um, and so I might have to actually look into these these other ones that you've mentioned, just because, you know, I, I have them all, like, majority of them here at my house. And, like, I do want to get back... I do want to get back into collecting some comic books, because I do have, like... Because I'm a huge Green Arrow fan. Oh, so yeah. I have, like... I have a lot of those comic books here, actually, across over there in my bookshelf. Um, but I want to get back into collecting these Vader ones, so... I want to check those out for sure. So you have to send that to us in the chat about what that's called and mm. all the black because that that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. What, what's cool about that that the Vader red, uh, red, white, and all right, black, white, and red, whatever the heck it's called, is it's a it's only going to be a four issue miniseries. So you're not going to have to break the bank to have the whole story. And the interesting thing about this is there's three different stories every time and one of the stories is an ongoing story so one of the stories is going to revolve around each issue but everything else is it's a single story so like for instance the other two stories in this one where vader goes on to the ship of aliens that ended up being genetic mutations of people that voluntarily became like these like um one of the alien looking or predator looking creatures and then another one is where he's like basically inspiring this kid to the idea of power um so they're very cool little one-shot stories other than the first one of every issue so it's a, it's very easy to digest i guess you could say rather than like jumping on the vader bandwagon now and it's like already in issue number 33 of the ongoing one so right there you go so uh, moving to the news now you know we're catching up so some of the stuff might seem like it's old news and that's because it is because guess what guys i don't think we're gonna have much star wars news until after indiana jones is done being promoted because like that's their next big thing that lucasfilm is focusing on now that ahsoka won't be out until after but catching up and unfortunately this is news that you never want to hear obviously um but we have the actor of ray stevenson uh, passed away um this guy played uh, the Punisher and Punisher, um, what is it, Punisher War Games or, or something yep. like that. Um, he also played a character in Rome. And yep. he, he was also already a voice of Gar Saxon, and he was going to be in the upcoming Star Wars Ahsoka series coming out in August. So, yeah, the guy died at the age of 58. I think we heard that he was on the set of a movie and they had to rush him out. He was in Italy and... Nobody knows the cause of death, at least they haven't revealed it yet, or if they will ever, but regardless of the fact, it's like, the last I seen this guy, he was on the Star Wars Celebration live stage, literally a month ago where I was, over there in England, and he was like the most, he was one of the most excited people I've seen interviewed that entire time, because I watched, I went back and watched like all of it, because even being there, I can't see everything, so I was like, oh wow, this guy's like, he was on stage, at the live stage with with um, Lars Mikkelsen, who's going to be playing Thrawn in the same series, and that guy was just like so excited. He was like, "Yeah, I get to use a lightsaber. I always wanted." To. Like he was, he was just absolutely like loving the crowd energy, and just to hear that this this guy passed away, he's not, you know, it's just terrible. So, um, have you guys heard or, or watched anything that Ray Stevenson has been in? Because I'm not really familiar, other than not realizing that he played Gar Saxon. Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm a fan of his work. Like he, so you mentioned one of the roles, um, Rome, that came out in like mid 2000s. I want to say like 2004, 2006, whatever. Rome was for, was on HBO, and you guys, I don't know if you if you ever seen it, you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's only two seasons. Um, he's a significant character in that those two seasons. Um, 
and he, he's a badass. Like, you, you think he's a badass in Star Wars? Mm. See, Rome, and you're going to come back and say, damn, I hope he's like this in Star Wars. Um, he was also in the show Dexter. I think it was, like, season, like, seven or something. He was, like, he was like some, like, Russian mafia guy in that. He did a hell of a job. Uh, he's an overall good actor. Um, he's mm. always been, like, tough, aggressive type character that they, or actor that he would play those type of characters. Um, yeah, it was just sudden because he's only 58. He looks healthy. He looks like he can just kick anyone's ass if you approached him. Um, and like you mentioned, he was energetic at the pot or the uh, at Star Wars Celebration. So it was shocking. I mean, hopefully when it is revealed, it doesn't come out to say that, you know, it was self self-induced in the sense of him like doing drugs or whatever it was because we don't i don't know his history but hopefully it's just natural causes because it would suck if it come out that you know he he had a lot of issues unfortunately but we'll, we'll hopefully that's just not the case yeah yeah ben do you have any experience with any of the stuff he's been in yeah i um i watched rome as well back in the day when that was on um that that's a very good show like for anybody to um if anybody's looking for a new show to watch definitely check that out sometime mm. That's a good show, um, and he was very good in that, as you said, Milton. And then, of course, you know, we saw him as Gar Saxon in Star Wars. And then here, upcoming in the Ahsoka show as Balin, like, he, like, from all we've seen, like, he looks like he's going to be an awesome character in the Ahsoka series. He'll probably be, like, one of the main um, villain-type characters for the show. And then the thing is about him, he... Uh, yeah, so like 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 you said Chris, like with the with the panels when he was up there with Lars, you know, he was so energetic and so excited to like be in Star Wars and all this stuff and he even told like a funny story like when his agent got like called him and connected him with the people from Lucasfilm about the part and he was like, "What? Let me guess, you're calling me about a um about a villain role because I'm an old British guy." And they were like, "Well, <laughs> yeah." Um so like, you know, it was kind of funny hearing like that, but he was he was he was super excited about it and also like just like talking about that panel a little more like you know obviously this is kind of like speculation at this point but since they brought him specifically out with Lars it makes me think him and Lars are going to be the main main two villains of the Ahsoka show you know mm -hmm. like it make you know it really makes you think that because like why would they bring out just some you know if if say if, um Ray is only going to be in like two episodes or something like. Why would they bring him out with Thrawn? Like, I think he's going to be a significant part of the sh of the series. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps like a, a pseudo Joris Seaboth or something like that. Like, yeah, not exactly, that's, that's but like some kind of Jedi war that 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 Thrawn wants to ally himself with to have fights against other Force users. Obviously. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. I think he's going to be kind of like our pseudo like Sabaoth type character. If I had to like guess. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be he'll be sorely missed, especially after you finish watching. It's gonna be such an eerie feeling, like oh yeah, this guy does a great performance, and we'll never see him again. Um, so, but you could always watch his previous works, and I think that's what I'm gonna do to honor the guy. Like I tried watching Rome, and I think I was ten years old when it came out, so I didn't exactly have the best access to it because like I would watch it like behind my dad's back when he was watching it like kind of creeping up in the room like oh what's this and i'm like oh, i think i'm too young for this what's going on with these with these ladies and what's going on with all this blood you know what oh this is hbo get out of here son you know or whatever mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> yeah no I, I think if you watch it now you'll appreciate it um more um and like i said he his character is really funny 
Uh, I know he's like, I think he's always drunk in the show. I think that's what his character is like a drunk, but he's a badass drunk. Um, but yeah, watch it. Check it out. It's definitely a show that you will appreciate more. One, because of the history of, you know, the Roman Empire and everything. Oh, but yeah. If you're a fan of Ray Stevenson, I mean, you'll definitely be in your feels, especially how his character develops throughout that particular show. Mm. So moving on to more news that definitely wasn't going to be something that Disney and Lucasfilm were, were definitely proud of putting out there, but we've gotten news that Galactic Star Cruiser, that Star Wars hotel that opened up, I think, just over a year ago, has now been announced to have its final voyages in September. Yes, it is indeed closing. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they tried this whole experiment of this, you know, real-life RPG, if you will, for two nights, and... Uh, yeah, they just, we already seen this coming because I think earlier in the summer or earlier in the year, they already were like just deleting some dates because apparently enough, there was not enough people signed up on certain dates to even warrant the, the staff to get paid, I guess, to work those days. If there's only, you know, 50 people out of 100 rooms, like they, they can't really warrant these people or whatever it is. But basically... This thing is closing. Milton, I'm going to throw it over to you because I know you have a lot to say about this one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's trash. Like, I've been saying it since day one. I'm just calling it like it is because, for one, I, th I think what turned this off from what, I re from what I remember was the pricing of it. For what, two, mm. three days? Two you know, days. Two, two, and, two and a half days, five days. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, are you right now? Like, for a three two-day cruise, I'm not spending 5K. Like, that's... That, that's a down payment to put a pool in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm just keeping it 100. So like to me, when you sent that to us, what was my reaction? I think I said, not surprised. I laughed. I said, because it's, it was, it's not sustainable. And for them to sit there and like put all these extra things where you have to charge extra for like food and oh, all yeah. this other stuff. Cruises are cheaper than that. Oh yeah. And they're so, a lot and longer. Like, and this is where I, I get kind of weird about Disney sometimes because I know they're in the business of making money, as yeah. they should be. They are an organization, company that should be always profiting off of their products. I get that. However, it's very disrespectful and a slap in the face for a family, let's say a family of two, three, to four, who wants to bring their child to this cruise and say, hey, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to get a real vacation as a family. We won't get these often, but I want to spend 5000 plus on two days. W what are the memories? And weren't we hearing about a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't really happening there, like that was promised, that was actually not coming to fruition? Mm -hmm. It's like, are you serious right now? Like, you're Disney. You're, you're supposed to be the upper echelon of any organization when it comes to putting on cruises, entertainment, when it comes to families and kids, and you you pretty much, and I'm just use this phrase, you shit the bed with this particular product. And now you're seeing that you have to let it go and you lost a whole bunch of money on it. And hopefully, hopefully they will reassess, lick their wounds and say, hey, we got to do a better job. We want to bring this back or, or similar product back. Because again, it could work if they do it right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree to all of that. But and here's the thing, not but, but here's the thing, like the people that were fortunate to go, uh, whether it be 
you know, the journalists that went out there to, to review it or just the people that went out there. No one actually said it was a bad experience. Like everybody came away like, OK, like this was great. This was awesome. I love this. But the barrier to entry for the majority of the public is just too high for us to even get out there in the first place. Um, yeah, because it's two days. You go out there. I think it's like 1 p.m. You start you load in and then you're out like two days later. You go to Galact you go to the park. You know, you, you fly your shuttle one day for a couple hours to go to Galaxy's Edge back to you do the, the couple rides there and then you come back and you do some more activities and stuff like that. But yeah, throw it over to Ben. What's your initial reaction to this? <laughs> I um I laugh too much about this. I can admit that. But but it's it's what it's what happens when you don't read the room as a company. Like, you know, Disney like Disney has some good things, but they also have their weaknesses as well. And this is one of their weaknesses is they weren't reading the room. Like when you're designing something, an experience like this, like if you're talking about like potential, like the cost, like, like if I'm spending 5k, like that's, I should be able to stay there three weeks or something like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, not, not two days. And then the thing is as well, it's like, you're not reading the room on your customer base. Like what normal average, say even middle-class family of four could like afford that and the plane tickets to go down there and everything else, transportation, et cetera. Like there's so many factors, like, like by the time you fly and do everything, you're probably spending like six or seven grand total. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so, you know, if you think about it that way, like that's even worse. And, and like it's just it's so like inept and not reading the room because li like we all said like my dad he just went on a cruise a couple months ago mm -hmm. and and he spent like I think his ticket for two weeks two weeks it was like a Caribbean cruise and all that yeah, crap yeah. and it was like it was like fifteen hundred bucks or something yeah like, that, that's for how two cheap weeks. they are I looked it up too they are yeah, so cheap yeah. yeah for two weeks and he had all his food and all that junk included wow and and fifteen hundred bucks for two weeks at a beautiful cruise versus two days at a little, at, not a little, but whatever, a Star Wars hotel. Like, you know, I'm going to take the cruise 10 out of 10 times. So it's just like, I just don't think they were reading the room. And I just laughed about it because it's just, it's like, that's what you get for getting greedy with it. Or, you know, even if say, you, okay, so from Disney's point of view, say if you have to charge 5k, for operating for operating expenses or whatever uh, and all that like that means you should have scaled back some of the features of the hotel or mm. like you know it, if the operating expenses are that high then you should have scaled the features back because whoever was like in charge of potentially like say the pr or things around like um overall like the business like the strategy the plan of doing this you aren't looking at the big picture thing of like Anybody, any normal family that looks at that and goes, hey, um, you want to go on this $5,000 two-day trip? Everybody would just laugh it out of the park. So it's just like, I don't think they were reading the room properly when they were even planning this before they even built the hotel. Yeah, it, it's 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 laughable because, it, and part of this too, is it's the arrogance of with Disney because I just pulled this up right now, this article, and I'll, this... This is like this is what upsets me about this whole thing because now they're trying to spin it to say, oh, we, 
you know, it's recognized as a great thing, but we've learned from it. And I'm going to read it to you word for word, a short paragraph. It, if it was great, it would be open yeah. still. Yeah, so it says, I quote, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is one of our most creative projects ever and has been praised by our guests and recognized for setting a new bar for innovation and immersive entertainment. This premium premium experiment or experience gave us the opportunity to try new things on a smaller scale of 100 rooms and we will take what we've learned to create a full future experience that will reach many of our guests and fans disney says in a statement and i'm and i read that and instead of them hmm. saying the right thing which they're, they're they're just covering what from what i'm seeing instead of this they should have said you know what guys we tried this it didn't work we made a lot of mistakes and when it comes to this, yes, we, we made, we took a risk as we should, and as you should, but we failed and we're going to get better. We mm -hmm. acknowledge that maybe the price was too high. We acknowledge maybe we just were too ambitious, but we're going to bounce back and make this right. No, nope, this statement reads to me, eh, it was successful, but we just had some flaws with it. So we did, so we decided to close it down. Well, like, no, uh, like, like the, the market told you, you had to do it. Well, let, let me ask you this, Milton. Let's let's um, let's take it out of the Disney Court for a second. So, if I'm if I'm Apple, and if I if our if my if my iPhone comes out and it has a has a flaw or a glitch in it, let me ask you this: if if you're if you're the CEO of Apple right now, do you just come out and cancel your iPhone, the flagship thing? Like, no, you don't. Like, what what? Like, I just you cannot spin it that it was great because you wouldn't be canceling it if it was exactly that's what I'm, like exactly because again you you can always have anyone say something was good but really what do the what does the data or the quote is the numbers don't lie what does the data tell you the well, data is clearly there to say hey this isn't working we I, need to reassess it's okay to admit failure and it, and, and i think disney struggles to do that because they they're so arrogant at times and it's like, what are y'all doing? Like, this is why the fans get upset with you. Don't don't play coy with us. Just say it because we will relate if you say we failed. We're going to get better next time. Mm. Yeah, again, I, I think I kind of said it before, but just the fact that the RP element, I think that's what they mean by success. Because, like, you know, from start to finish, you, you, this is basically... That it's more of an adventure, like a like a twenty four seven adventure, and and you're interacting with all these people, and they're all actors. So I think that's probably why the prices increase because you got to pay all these people more money, because uh, they're essentially like acting on the job at all points, and 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 you have these musicians and all this kind of stuff going on. Um, so they th for the small sample size that they had of the people that actually paid. I think they rated it probably in surveys as like, yeah, this was a positive experience, but the problem is you're not getting enough people to do the positive experience because the price is yeah. so high. Well, <laughs> you can have, you, you can, I can have good reviews if I have five people reviewing my thing. Like, yeah, true. You know? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's just, it's just, it's a shame that it didn't work out because something like this in theory would be cool if it would work or if it would be fairly priced like yeah, that's, that's the only the thing. thing like like why not so instead of the 5k why not just make it like a normal like a normal high-end hotel like i don't know 500 bucks a night or something or that's, you know you know or something something like that i i, I mean here's the thing like I, and i, I guess we could probably go into 
what the title of this episode is like what the ideal hotel Star Wars experience could be. I mean, I don't think people would be all that mad about this if there was two options. Like, there could be two separate hotels. One of them is for the super hardcore that want to do this thing. Obviously, it's not sustainable, though, because we see this failed. But, like, in the, in a perfect world, you would have the option of doing this fully immersed 24-7. Oh, my gosh, I'm in, a, I'm in Star Wars with my friends for 5000 for two days. But then over here, you have a $500 a night hotel where you're in immersion and there's just not like missions you're doing. You're just going in. Yeah, you have blast doors for your hotel room. You got a space window. You got like a, the hollow net on your TV. You have a really cool Star Wars bar you can hang out with. You can dress up and cosplay if you want. But you're not going to get like missions from Chewbacca and Rey. And you're not going to see like a like Kylo Ren battling Rey like in the rafters. You're not going to get like that level experience. But for the normal person, that's going to be enough to appease the, the normal person. So that way, it's like, okay, I went to a Star Wars hotel. Cool. I could check that off the list. Or the other person would be like, you could have the option for the other people to do the other things. So I think if there's more options in general for people to get their foot in the door, then that's that, that's, that would be the ideal situation, I would think. Right, right. I mean, honestly, this is this would be my idea, okay? And, I, I'm, and I'm, it's probably not the perfect idea. Let's just keep it 100, but... Why don't they just buy, like, a big old, like, plot of land out in, like, Montana or something and just build, like, a Star Wars compound of, like, you know, like, let's say they, they recreate Tatooine or let's say, like, they have, like, a Tatooine-like beach or something. Like, make, make like, a Tatooine-type, like, beach or a, um, what do you call it, Naboo-type, like, beach setting where, like, okay, that's your hotel. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, like turn it into... The hotel in that nature, like, uh, like I'm sure the Caribbeans have those hotels on the beach. Like, just turn that into Naboo, or turn that into like you know Coruscant, or something to that nature. I think we can make that work. And again, I'm sure if I had time to really think about it, I can come up with a better way of saying it. But the way they try to do it clearly didn't work or wasn't effective. I think I think there's ways that they can do it. I think if they just had their own like plot of like a city and turned it into it. That'd be kind of dope. Like, I, I'd be into that. If, if they wanted to create a Wakanda, like, it, like they bought a plot of land out in the Midwest and turn it into Wakanda, boom, I'm, I'm there for it. Or they turn it into Coruscant or, or, or Tatooine, I'm there for it. Just make it reasonably priced, you know, and I'm down for it. I mean, look, they have Disney World, for Christ's sake. I mean, Disney World is its own little city. <laughs> so, yeah. like, do that. Just replicate what you have. Just make it, make it more individualized. I'm going to shout out Aaron Daly in our chat. Um, loyal, loyal watcher of Outer Room Transmission. She has a great idea. It would probably work if they had the hotel work as a normal hotel most of the year. And during certain times, like during uh, certain times of the month or, or a quarter or something like that, they have the LARP experiences, uh, like when they have the Star Wars nights in Disneyland. That's yeah. a really good idea. Like close yeah. down the hotel, like maybe a couple days a year. And those people can like really get into it. I like that idea. Yeah, that'd be kind of fire. I mean, in me, it's going to take some planning, but I think it could work. Um, I mean, look, I mean, you, you have all these cosplayers out there at these conventions that put these mm -hmm. conventions on throughout the country. I'm sure these people have the ideas already drawn up like in their little <laughs> notebooks of how to <laughs> recreate, you know, like to turn an area into like Naboo or turn it to Coruscant and say, Hey, let's make this a full week experience. Like how dope mm. would that be? Hell you yeah. know, 
I just think that there's ways to make it work because I would love to do something like that. I would love to say, hey, I travel to, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon, where they, they have this big old, like, plot of land. They turned it into um, uh, uh, Camino because it rains up in the Northwest all the time. They turn it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, how dope would that be? <laughs> but, to yeah. Hey, like, that'd be fire. You know, oh, we're, we're going. We, oh, we got we got a plot of land in Texas where this is going to be Jakku. We're going to represent this as Jakku. You know, or we got a plot of land in um, and and in, in the Everglades. We're going to turn that into uh, Felucia. You know, what mm. I'm saying like you can make that work. Like like Disney got money like that. Like you can make well, this work for you. Well, see, here's the thing. Off that idea, I think um, another way they could incorporate something like that with a variety of places is even do so like get a plot of land and wherever it may be and build like a general hotel. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you outfit the hotel completely every year, every year based on whatever Coruscant, Naboo, whatever. And then the thing is, it's just like movies. Once you have the set built, you have the pieces, you have the pieces. So you can just, put them in a big warehouse somewhere like Indiana Jones style, um, huge <laughs> warehouse somewhere. And then you bring them in and switch them out every season. You get Coruscant, Mandalore, uh, Mustafar, Tatooine, Naboo, wherever. And like, you could, you could do that. Here's the thing. And then you, you kind of just even gave me a, a similar idea with oh. that. Which you just, I think all, they can get a big ass warehouse. Yeah. Like, Turn it into whatever they want it to turn into each time. They say, okay, the first quarter of the year, this is Hoth. Mm-hmm. You know, because, because, and, and or even to match the seasons like November, December. Right? Because isn't there a hotel? This is in real life. There's a hotel Ice- Iceland that they like, Iceland, Iceland type hotel where they like make it like that. You have the blueprint, blueprint right there to say, okay, we're going to big, get a warehouse. We're going to pretty much make that particular like, hotel, but turn it into like Hoth or turn mm. it into whatever snow planet. Or we're going to take this part of the warehouse and make it into this part, like this type of hotel of Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Like you can make this work. Yeah. They got built, treat it like a movie set, but it's going to be more permanent because you need the electrical, you need the food, you need the running water, plumbing, all that type of stuff. But yeah, they can make that work. Like that'd be dope. And, well, and it's yeah, it no. permanent. That's the thing. You can control the environment. So. Well, 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 with that, even bouncing off of that, so, you know, you have that for a potential hotel area. And then also, in terms of, say, the amusement park side of things, there are so many things they could do amusement park side. Like, they could, like, I mean, I, uh, I saw someone post this on Twitter, so I can't take credit for the idea. But, like, why not make a roller coaster ride where every single car is a different pod racer or something or like Ooh, oh. a different ship. Like, cause like, just imagine that you could, you could be, you and me could be sitting inside like Anakin's pod racer and then Milton could be behind us in Sebulba's or whatever, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Like why not do like, that would be so cool. So uh, I think, yeah. so I think that's a potential idea. And then also, so bouncing off of our like beginning opening discussion about nostalgia and things, I think, like this isn't even me being someone like like not a huge fan of the sequels, but I think they should have leaned into the nostalgia more because Star Wars fans are exactly nostalgic. What I was like plain say. and plain and simple, Star Wars fans are nostalgic. You know, that no matter 
if they're the most diehard, like progressive, like new Star Wars fans, in their hearts, they're nostalgic. Mm. So like, why not lean into the original trilogy a little more? Yeah. Or why not lean into, especially for like our age range guys, like twenties, thirties, lean into the prequels, like or even mm-hmm. I don't know, this could be like really ambitious, but why not like if you're gonna do a hotel, why not do like one level prequels, one level sequels, yes, one level exactly one level OT? Say. <laughs> like that's like, the yeah, thing. Like, That's the can, thing. Continue, yeah. Chris. Continue, Chris. Yeah. I, I keep stealing your ideas. <laughs> that was literally what I was about to say, but I'll bounce off it even more because, yeah, you're you're exactly right, right? We You could go back and see our reactions a year and a half ago when I revealed this. It's like everybody else was like, wait, is this Star Trek or is this Star Wars? Because I get that they're trying to build out, like carve out, especially with Batu Galaxy's Edge, which I think that design is fine and I think it looks really cool for Star Wars. But people originally were like, "Oh, it should have been Tatooine. Oh, it should have been Endor. Why is it this?" So they're trying to make their own mark in in the continuity. And the same thing with Gal- Galactic Star Cruiser, but I think that's even worse just because it was so clean, so ultra contemporary for Star Wars that it was like, "Why does it look like this?" Like if it, I guarantee you, I guarantee you. This thing would not be closing right now if that was if that was a replica of a Star Destroyer or a Mon Calamari cruiser or something to that the de- degree. The Death Star, I bet you it wouldn't be going, it wouldn't be folding right now. There would probably be a ton yeah. of people that would rather pay five thousand dollars to go to something they they know from their childhood rather than basically this whole new thing that they don't have any emotional attachment to. Well, guys, just imagine this. Like, okay, let's let's say let's go off the OT side of things for a minute. Imagine the pool they have there. Why not? You know, we we get the pool like outfitted where it looks like it's like the deck of a Star Destroyer or Death Star or whatever. But then like at the bottom of the pool, just like have a graphic like engraved where it looks like a Diagnoga oh, in the bottom of the pool yeah, or yeah. something, you know, just, just like just like little things like that would make it so neat. Um, and I think it would just make things more enticing for fans, for one. But for two, like even... um. You know, like for your actors, like, of course, you get your Ray or whatever for the sequel stuff. But people would love to see like a Luke and Obi-Wan, uh, a Darth Maul roaming around the hallways at night yeah. or something like, you know, like cool stuff like that. Like, just imagine, Chris, I know, like, especially like with you, like, like really being into the cosplay and stuff. Just imagine if they're like, oh, like, I don't know, after hours for adults, like. 1 to 3 a.m. you know you search search the hallways for like the shadow hunter darth maul or whatever you know like stuff like that like it would be so cool yeah yeah like i just think they have so many options to play with and it to me it felt like it was almost more hastily put together than anything like in terms of like planning and like thinking big picture wise because like like to me anyways like I said, Star Wars fans are nostalgic. Like, no matter what they say, they're nostalgic. And then, heck, even incorporate some, I don't know, incorporate a little section for Clone Wars stuff or something. Like, especially yeah. with the popularity of the Mandalorian stuff, like, do that. Or, like, if you have a child, here's another one. If you have a child daycare in that hotel, have, like, an animatronic Grogu, like, sitting in the corner or something. Like, you know, just little things. Uh, yeah. You gotta have you gotta have Yoda because Yoda's always teaching the younglings, yeah. right? So you yeah, and like Yoda, a... Yoda with the younglings and Grogu. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, here's the thing with the whole the whole construction of this is that there is a a level of an organization where you pay five thousand dollars and there's no relaxing. I remember looking, we were looking at the hour to hour itinerary 
you and feel was, like you have to go to everything. You gotta go to every single thing because you spent five thousand dollars. So I feel like in my brain, I wouldn't be able to just kind of soak it in too much because I wouldn't be able to just go to the bar for three hours if I wanted to and just like hang out talking to the bartender uh, about the, the latest in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You feel like you're constantly going because it's only two days. So you're boom, 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 boom. Or if you could just like rent a room for like five days, like you could just chill, you know. And I was about to say that because, and that, that's one of my beefs with the original Star Cruiser thing. It's like, if I'm spending all this money, it ain't going to be for two days. Because you're right. I want to be able to soak it in. One, I, I don't even have time to take pictures, I feel like, if yeah. I went to this. You know, so it's like, why why would I spend all this money when I can't really appreciate the experience? Because you know Disney wants these fans to continue to come back. And they want word of mouth. Yep. Oh. If, if Disney was smart, or, or so listen to Uncle Bob. I know you're listening to us. Could if, be. If <laughs> Uncle Bob's our number one fan. Yeah, they brought you back to to write the ship when it comes to Disney. You need to understand, like, you want your people, you say your people, us, to soak this yeah. in. Say, hey, I was there for a week. This place was fire. We got this. We got this. I was able to absorb this. I was able to relax. I was able to see this. I was soaking it in, and then that's going to snowball to get more people, more money, more yeah. receipts. Like, if Bob, as we know, is a smart businessman, he wants us to soak it in and continue to talk about it. I mean, like, look, look how when the Force Awakens came out, word of mouth was was the reason why that movie made as much money as it did, because every fan, old, mm. new, or future, was like, "Oh, this is the best thing ever." I'm going to tell my mom. I'm going to tell my grandma. I'm going to tell my grandfather. It was bringing everybody, and people are going eight or four times in a row to go see yeah. it. Yeah. Now, obviously, price is different for a movie, but I'm saying is, if, if I'm telling my friends who are okay Star Wars fans, yeah, exactly. Go, hey, you know what? Why don't you go check out that Star Wars cruise? It's about twenty five hundred bucks. You get a good week. You get all this food included. You get all, and if you're a nerd like us, you get to see X, Y, and Z. Do this, do that. I guarantee you get some people to sign up. That yeah. would probably consider going to a Disney Star Wars cruise because of word of mouth and that people are saying, "Hey, this is a great experience that you can enjoy." Yeah. Because that's that's perfect. That's that's another thing we can end on that, or if anybody else has other points, but. The idea is that the people talking on a, a Star Wars podcast weekly like us, they're the people that they should be drilling this into the hardcore fans uh, because we're the ones that stick with them through a lot of ups and downs. We're, we're kind of always there, whether or not we like certain things about the franchise, we're always there anyway. So if you can get us to go to something like this and then kind of evangelize it to the other people out there because... We're not rich, uh, so how do they expect to get the the really rich people to go to the Star Wars thing if they're not even vaguely into Star Wars? They're gonna pick something else, a resort that Disney has. They're not even gonna try the Star Wars one because the, the five thousand for them, it's like, oh, I'll just go to this other thing and chill for five, six days. But yeah, I think it's just that the target was way off for them initially to be like, hey. Uh, they should be bringing us guys in there that can afford it, and then we'll spread the word like we do with everything else with Mandalorian. We've seen how that happened. The hardcore spread the word, and now it was a super mainstream thing with Grogu. If it wasn't for us, it probably wouldn't have ever gotten that big, right? So they should have looked a little bit further into the fandom itself, I think. I agree. Yeah. And, oh, and what? My dad, dad is almost 60. And again, he's the one that got me into watching Star Wars when I was, you know, 10 years old. He he's a fan of Star Wars, not not as hardcore as I am, but his genera his age gap 
and movie came out what 1977. Mm-hmm. So he, he would have been he would have been 10 years old when that movie came out. 10, 12 years old. So think about his generation. They're about to go into that retirement phase. You can pull that because they're they're all fans of the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Pull them and to say, hey, you know what, honey, we're seventy years old. Huh. I remember them movies back in nineteen seventy something in the eighties. Yeah. They they got a cruise. We yeah. we're retired. Got money sitting around. Yeah. Let's go take a first cruise. Like, but 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 then they see the reviews. Hey, these young guys who are in their thirties and early forties are saying it's the greatest thing and it's affordable for us old heads. Let's go check it out. We yeah. like this product. Like, imagine like the connectivity. Uh-huh. You can multiple generations to your product if you actually done it do it right mm. like it, it's possible and you're right man that word of mouth is huge market it to the fans that are that are extra sweaty who are going to get on these podcasts at seven o'clock on a sunday and promote <laughs> your product for free <laughs> free marketing like, oh on. yeah well, well here's the thing too guys like like the thing is like with that type of a hotel there's just so many like things that you could do to please all those fans, like the prequel fans like us or the OT fans like your dad or the sequel fans. Like, like think about it this way. Like even from the little, little details, like say the prequel side of things, like say the hot tub, I don't know, say the hot tub is like, you know, geared out where it looks like it's like a, you're sitting in a lava pit on Mustafar or something, or, uh-huh. you know, or a, um, you know, think about your rooms. Like, so for the prequel rooms, you could have them be like Django Fett's room on Camino, like yeah. all, you know, spiced up, like looking nice and clean like Django's rooms. And then like the OT, you could have them kind of looking like, you know, like the um, the Owen Lars, like the Homestead rooms or whatever. And then the sequel trilogy, you could have them looking like, like whatever, uh, like whatever rooms uh, that may come up, like Kylo Ren's room or something like, like, you know, something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, like, they can, they there's can so many really... little details they could do. I didn't think about that because you could theme it. Yeah, and it's like it was dope though because you could like honestly, let's be real here, guys. If we went there and we we're like, yeah, we got we got this this uh we got our room set up and we get to go on the Hoth exhibit and they got a hotel uh, uh, um or they got we get to go to the the Mustafar exhibit where they got a Mustafar like quote unquote hot tub. You know damn well we'd be acting too childish in that particular exhibit saying. Stay away from the high ground or you're going to burn yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jumping into it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, oh. my children. And that's yeah. what's dope about that. You'd be like, you know what? I can act like a child slightly hmm. when I'm a particular event. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm actually particularly freezing to death in a half hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's There's so many options they could do on those type of things. And think, like... Even from the food perspective side of things, like say, like each section, like like the prequels. Um, I don't know it's so easy to go with the prequels because they're so dynamic on locations. But like say, like the Naboo area, you could have, I don't know, classy type food, or like the Mustafar yeah. area, I don't know, like spicy like Thai food or something. And then like you know the uh, you Camino. know different, yeah, Camino. Camino seafood, like yeah, all kinds of things. Like there's so many things. Like if they would just take any. Um, I don't know, like competent fans like us, mm. and like just, just literally, just say, hey, we need someone to advise and consult, like ideas, just to throw out there, and like even bounce them off of, say, like a um, like whoever their lead, like construction person is on the project, and like be like, hey, what's feasible, what's not, and like just bounce ideas back and forth, back and forth, and I'm sure they could come up with something like that where it's prequel OT and sequel trilogy themed. 
because people people would love that stuff and in my opinion if you give them a bunch of options like those three eras i think in theory they would sell out better because you know more people would rush to the sequels or rush to the ot or rush to the prequel trilogy like you know i think Mm -hmm. it would sell out versus a blanket era hell yeah so i think we've given disney plenty of ideas you know yeah yeah, i mean obviously they're probably on youtube they're like looking up like star cruiser ideas our our live stream could pop up for them they might take a couple i hope they do they gotta go to the source of the fandom to figure this stuff out and as milton read off that that uh, response they had i mean i don't think they're gonna throw this out and, and one one final thing i'll say is i really hope they don't scrap like everything they built if anything what they should do is at least open up portions of that so people that are going to like galaxy's edge now i don't know how far away it is um, but like, let people just walk through there for like, cause they have like the bridge and stuff. So at the very least, like just open it up for the public. Hey, you can walk through the halls. You can go to the lightsaber training thing. You could go to the restaurant, open up the restaurant to the mass public and have it as like a dinner show. Like it is for just those people there. So I think there's something salvaging worth salvaging out of that. Or maybe they will just turn it into a straight up hotel and just say, Hey, there's no more RP element. But you can stay for three. You can stay for a minimum of three nights or something like that for like yeah, well, fraction of the cost. Hey, we'll know. Like you said, they probably have people looking up ideas and stuff, and we'll know if they listen to our podcast because if they take my Mustafar hot tub idea, I'm pro- I'm the only one that's mentioned that so far that I've noticed. So <laughs> if it comes, if that if that's in their new hotel, we know it came from here. Um, well, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this too, though. It's like. You know, you mentioned it, Chris. You said you hope they don't just scrap it. And here's the thing. I'll I'll use a sports analogy. You know, when a franchise is going through a rebuild or, you know, they're struggling or they lost, like, their Hall of Fame player due to the retirement, you know, it's okay to rebuild. It's okay to trade some assets to bring in better assets to Mm. really plan for the future. So, like, in this case, I think if Disney and Star Wars Lucasfilm would say, listen, it didn't work. We got some assets. Let's reshuffle. Let's switch some things out. Let's let's try to bring in some new blood to hopefully get us a new way of seeing things and building something that's better and stronger. That's it's totally fine. And I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they, they learn from their mistakes and they are willing to rebuild and just reassess and go from there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I... that's the most important thing really. Now I do have one important question though to ask you guys. So yeah. Since this Galactic Star Cruiser was technically in canon, does that mean, Chris, in your opinion, does that mean are we going to get something in a book where it's like a little side paragraph saying, oh, no, the Galactic Star Cruiser got invaded by pirates or something? Oh, man. (laughs) Just like writing it out of canon. Wait, no, that's interesting (laughs) you say that. So there is a book. There's a comic book miniseries written by Ethan Sachs, um, writer of Bounty Hunters and and somebody that was on my panel for, for Star Wars Celebration. He had wrote a five issue miniseries that chronicled the entire lifespan of the Halcyon legacy, the cruiser. And uh, it starts, it was built in the High Republic era, and it goes all the way through the events of, as we see on the when you go to the ship, through the, the, the fall or the rise of the First Order with Rey and all that. So, and at one point it was owned by the Huts, at another point it was owned by the Empire, at another point somebody else had it. So, I mean, when we get that story that we're going to get with the Rey story 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, like, 
Maybe we'll just see it like scrapped on a jack junkyard planet in the background. <laughs> just like, oh wait, that's a good Easter egg to the Galactic Star Cruiser that actually failed. Yeah, I mean, hey, you never know. We might get a little Easter. See, and, and the, honestly, something like that, I would respect Disney a little more if they would do something like that. Just like, hey, you gotta humor your like, you gotta be able to laugh at yourselves and like something like that. It's just like be humble about it and you know go with it. <laughs> and so we would love to hear your guys thoughts just like aaron and the race side and everybody else that joins us in our chat rooms we like to thank everybody that joined us tonight thanks guys for joining me for another fun podcast it is great to be back with all three of us once again no i i uh listen i i'm glad to be back you know sorry that i missed uh, the last few weeks with life in the way but hey it is what it is but um yeah i i think that you know star wars will bounce back disney will bounce back when it comes to their entertainment as they normally will so but um if you guys want to find me i'm at milton weber seven on twitter or if you want to find me on instagram i'm at milton seven weber and ben where can people find you what are you going to be talking about yeah, you can find me talking about Star Wars as always on Twitter or me working out as well. Like I'm just slowly getting in really good shape. I'm down like 17 pounds now, so things are going well in that regard. But you can find me talking about either of those really on Twitter and Instagram, both at Real Ben Maynard. All right, and you can find me on this very channel if you're watching youtube.com slash starraptor, and you could listen to us on any podcast streaming service of your choice, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, all those. Make sure to rate us. Make sure to leave us a comment after the fact. As far as what I'm doing on the channel, uh, if you've seen last night, I started streaming Jedi Survivor. I might do a combination of streaming slash recording um, because I might be playing the game in the morning before work or something like that, so it's not... Well, I don't know, maybe somebody in Australia like Hannah would watch me that early in the morning. Who knows? But um, I guess there's always somebody watching, I guess, around the world when you're on YouTube. But anyway, you can you can watch that content as it comes out to you. Make sure you uh, hit that notification bell icon because then you'll definitely know when I go live playing that uh, for sure. But until next week, again, we are doing a new time slot on Sundays. Uh, we're aiming for 7 p.m. If there is a different time, we will alert you, as always, on all the social media. You can find me on uh, Twitter.com slash Starraptor for the latest on all the gaming things that I'm up to and everything else uh, around pop culture. Uh, but for Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Starraptor, it was great to be having this once again live for everybody out there. Thanks for watching. May the force be with you always and transmission.